You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hey, y'all. Spooky season is here. And if you're looking for a show to whet your appetite for a little haunted history, then I'd like to invite you to check out Southern Gothic, a chart-topping history podcast that explores some of the most infamous legends, folklore, ghost stories, and hauntings of the American South. We've covered all sorts of stuff from the Bell Witch of Tennessee to the disappearance of the Confederate submarine, the H.L. Hunley, not to mention our deep dives into the local lore of some of America's oldest and most haunted cities like New Orleans, Charleston, and St. Augustine. So if you're ready for a little good old-fashioned Halloween storytelling with a commitment to quality historical research, then be sure to check out Southern Gothic today. It's available now on all your favorite podcast apps. Hi, this is Katie from Queen's Podcast. Just a heads up, our show does include some strong language. So if you're uncomfortable with that, this might not be the show for you. Cheers, bitches. Hi, I'm Katie. And this is Nathan. And you're listening to Queen's, the podcast about badass women in history. Zenobia. What a bad bitch. What a bad bitch. Like, we're not even playing. Today we're talking about Zenobia. She was a badass queen in ancient Syria in the third century. Okay, so first let's give a couple shout outs. Uh, Kate, Mm -hmm. Megan, Melissa, Sarah, Heather, Eleanor, Brendan, Anastasia. Deja or Anastasia. Anastasia. <laughs> Tiffany and Amanda. Those were our Empress supporters on Patreon. Then our Queen Consort supporters are Stephanie, Jose, Jackie, Aaron, and Terry. Thank you guys. Couldn't do it without you. Thank ya. you guys. Love y'all. And on our Patreon episode today, we will be talking about some important queens from the LGBT community. I'm so excited. Some pioneer S's. <laughs> Would they be just yeah. be pioneers or were they pioneer? Is, anyway. is pioneer S's a word? It, you know what? It is now. <laughs> you know what Zenobia was? She was also a pioneer S. So, okay, I have this dilemma about what we're actually drinking tonight because Wine. if you didn't know, it was my fucking birthday. Yes, Nathan's birthday um, was Friday. We're taping on Monday. And yes. So, so I had a lot to drink this weekend, and I had it in my head to do the Warrior Woman, which I'll give you the recipe in case you want to do hard liquor, but my liver really fucking hates me right now, so we're going with wine. And hi, my name is Katie, and I like wine. So, right. So when Nathan was like, how about we just do wine? I was like, yeah. <laughs> so the Warrior Woman cocktail is three shots of vodka, one shot of blue caraco, caracococo, mm-hmm. whatever the hell you say. And I, think then, you, I think you nailed it. Okay, awesome. <laughs> killed it. And then uh, the last one is just lime juice. Uh, but again, like I said, I was like, oh, my liver hates me. We need some wine. And I got a Syrah blend because it's like one letter away from being Syria. <laughs> there <we go. laughs> so, <laughs> so Zenobia was born like 
circa 240 no or so. No one really knows. Again, it's super early on. and She was from Palmyra, which I had to like put in the notes rhymes with Elvira. Because <laughs> I kept saying, I kept being like Palmyra or something. Oh. And then I'd hear, and then, do you remember that song that's like, Elvira? I was so, just like, about to say Every that. time I read it, I read Palmyra. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love it. So it's it's kind of a big fucking deal in its yeah, day. Yeah, it's I, in um what's today like central Syria. Yeah, and what I read is that they called it like the pearl of the desert. Mm-hmm. Like it was just this, you know, it was just this really pe- it beautiful had place. A population of about two hundred and thirty thousand or so, which at that time was a lot of fucking people. And it was it's like this super old city. Like they've found ruins there that dated back to like two thousand BC. Like, uh-huh. it's a really old city. It's been there for quite some damn time. Um, and it's a Roman territory. If you haven't listened to our Boudicca episode, yeah. maybe listen to that after this or go back and listen to it first because we're going to reference because it's a lot of, they lived in a very similar types of society. Cities were city-states of Rome. Yeah. So they're considered Roman citizens. They pay taxes to Rome. Thus, they have Rome's protection the thing is, Rome ain't what it used to be. No. At this good old Romey, ain't what it used to be, ain't what it used <laughs> oh to be, ain't no. what it used to be. Oh my gosh. Because, so, like, I mean, the it's only, like, another 200, 300 years before, like, the collapse of, like, Western Rome, like, how we know it now. And they're just basically trying their hardest to hold on to their territory. Yeah, they had spread so far out. And that you it was had, just too much. You had all these people in the eastern lands and usurpers and things coming up and trying to defeat. Mm-hmm. And then it just got so out of hand. It, but Palmyra was kind of this really hopping spot. It was such like a melting pot of the east. And it's like, I, I, the only reason I thought of this is because I was on my way back from Houston and it was like the Buckies of. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're ever driving through Texas and you go through I-10, it's the Buckies of the East. It's like the all of a sudden East. it's just this like random huge nice gas station that has everything that you would need. Yeah. And then once you leave, it's just like this big stretch of nothing. Well, it's like smack dab in the middle of the Silk Road. Is that what it was called? Yes, Palmyra, not Bucky's. No, not Bucky's. <laughs> I mean, there might have been an ancient Bucky's in Palmyra. I don't know. But so it's like. When people were going to India or wherever to trade, you had to stop there. Yeah. And it just became this huge merchant city. And it was really, really metropolitan, actually. Like, there were people from all different backgrounds, religions, languages, all living in the same area. Huge melting pot. And all living... Pretty peacefully, too. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, and Palmyra they were was really, a big fucking deal. They were really doing great for themselves at that oh, time. Oh, my God. And for Rome. Because they were, they were making... They, not only are they like a, a stopping point, and Rome is obsessed with silk. Yeah. And not only are they making taxes for Rome on all this commerce going through... They're fighting for Rome. Yes. They are fighting some big battles for Rome. But, yeah. So, it was, it was a big fucking deal. And we don't know for sure... Who Zenobia's family was? There are so many theories. Yeah, I read so many different theories. That I just about. didn't put any of them in because none of them really I felt added to the story. But it's safe to assume that she's from a very powerful family. Yes. She likes to say that she was um, a descendant of the Ptolemies, aka Cleopatra. The Cleopatra, that Cleopatra. Go listen to that episode. Yeah. If you haven't heard it yet. Um. Most of most of 
Her life is cited in this source called the Augustan Historia, yeah. um, but it was written 200 years after she died. So a lot of this so a lot of this is gonna just be, you know, like fable. But that's the best we have to go off. Um, but yeah, so she said that she was a descendant of the Ptolemies. It's very, very unlikely. She even said she's like a, a, a descendant of like Dido, who's like this. Like God or something. Yeah, like yeah. not even a real character. <laughs> there was something that I did think was interesting that I didn't have time to go down the rabbit hole of, but I will want to one day, is that um, there was a Syrian queen. I mean, I'm sorry, there was a Ptolemy queen in Syria. Probably about 100 oh. years or so. So maybe she claimed that. Cleopatra, Cleopatra Thea. Um, uh, but no, no, she was going around telling people she was a, she was a descendant of so like, no. the Cleopatra, not just no. like a Cleopatra, the Cleopatra. Um, so. Either way, she but she did draw, regardless of if they were related or not, she drew a lot of influence in her life. From- Loads, and so. Like we were saying earlier, the religion in Palmyra, there's tons of different religions. Like we said, it's a melting pot. But there were Christians, there were Jews, there were, um, but Islam, Muslims was yeah, it wasn't yeah. A thing that's yet. not until like the beginning of the seventh century that you see Islam rise. Yeah. So it wouldn't be the it's not wasn't even a religion. Then. But of course, all of these religions after her death claimed her. They were like, oh no, she she was converting to Christianity. Oh, she was raised Jewish, you know. I really think she was pagan. It, that's probably the most likely. I mean, that's, that seems like it's the best bet. Yeah, that is the most likely. Um, it's said that she really loved sports and hunting and riding, so she may have been a bit of a tomboy. Yeah, I read that she may have been placed in charge of the herds and the shepherds. And telling them, hey, go here, do this, do that. So that gave her a very... Like out- when she was growing up? Yes. Oh, like okay. that. So when she was younger and growing up, that's what she would she was in charge of. So that gave her, you know, leadership skills. Yeah. Taught her about the economy. Taught her about how to boss the men around. Made her be athletic, running yeah, around. So that's, yeah, so that's kind of where she got that from. So whenever she was somewhere between 14 and 18, she married Odinathus. Odinathus? Is that how Odinathus, yeah. Odinathan? Oda Nathan! Yeah. So he was the ruler of Palmyra. Um, so when they got married, his title was governor. Yeah. And she was his second wife. Nothing clearly states if that means he had two wives at once or he had a first wife and then she died. I, because um, pagans had multiple wives. Yeah. But Rome, they were Frowned very- on it. They didn't allow it at all, mm-hmm. but like a lot of times in their powerful city states, it was like, "What are you going to do?" <laughs> I personally think it was it was a monogamous um, marriage. I do too, and because they never talk about that other wife again. So I have to assume she must have been. Yeah, dead. and all the research that I did, like I had them mention that his first wife and his second wife, and said that she was not there anymore. Whenever that's so what, that's was what I was dead? wondering. I don't know, but well, she just wasn't I, there. That's what I'd never read anything that said she wasn't there anymore. It was just like from his first marriage. And a lot of Middle Eastern people would have, I don't know, what I'm getting to is I think she, it was a monogamous marriage, mm-hmm. but nothing states that clearly. Exactly. No, anyway. Agreed. So, but he had at least one son with his first wife, Odie's heir, but then Zenoba, Zenobia and Odie had at least one son named- The Lapa Villas. That is, so that is the Latin way of pronouncing it, the Valapathus? The, the the Balathus. There the Balathus? The Balathus. Let's just call him Val. 
Val. Val. Not Val Kilmer. No. (laughs) Val Balthus. Odie was a really good ruler. Yeah. He was still kind of under the thumb of Rome, but, you know, he ended up calling himself a king. Yeah, um, (laughs) because, like, him and his crew, like, the emperor couldn't do anything all the way from Rome. Odie's gang were, like, fighting off the Persians, and the Persians were Rome's biggest thorn in their side. It's like, okay, we don't have time to fight that battle. Odie over here in Palmyra is fighting that battle for us, so sure, call yourself king. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) Because he was getting shit done, taking names, and then he started calling himself king of of kings to the east. Which sounds very Game of Thrones, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm the king of the kingiest kings. Of the east. (laughs) And again, what could Rome do besides go with it? So they did give him the official title Governor of the East. So he's doing pretty okay for yeah, himself. he did not doing too shabby. About Zenobia's queen consort. Um, again, we don't, you know, it's all kind of guesses. But the story is that she would ride out with Odie and his troops. And she would march with their men. Which is a big deal. Yeah. And there's some stories that say she was actually, like, the real force behind Palmyra's, um force to be reckoned withness of, <laughs> of and the um historia augusta said that of the couple he with his wife's wife zenobia would have restored not only the east but also all parts of the whole world everywhere his wife in the opinion of many was held to be more brave than her husband being indeed the noblest of all the women in the east and the most beautiful Okay, so I'm not going to say she wasn't beautiful because, like, we just don't know. But it annoys me that they had to throw that in. Like, how do you know? It's, like, 200 years later. Yeah, like, how do you Like, it, it's the same thing with, like, <coughs> Cleopatra, how everyone had to be like, she's so beautiful. How else would she have been so influential? And like, it's like, how about go suck a dick? Because she's got a fucking brain, you know? Like, Hello? Like, like, but who cares what she looked like? But whatever. Anyway. Everybody wanted to do her, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so. Apparently she wasn't into sex. <laughs> so the legend goes that she only had sex. I don't sex. believe this either. Yeah, I don't either. Um, but that's... Uh, because I have my own bias. Uh, I like sex. So the legend goes that she only had sex for procreation. You heard it here first, guys. Ah, Nathan Foster likes sex. (laughs) She only ever had sex on occasions when a child would be conceived. Yeah. I mean, I I do... I do recognize that there are people out there who just sex isn't their thing. It sounds like some patriarchal bullshit. It sounds like some patriarchal bullshit because it's like, you don't know. We don't know this woman. It's not like she left a diary behind being like, Dear diary, sex is gross. Let's go ride some horses or whatever. You know, like, I think that was just put in there, you know, because, oh, if a woman likes sex, she's a whore, you know. Yeah, she can't be a role model, right? But, you know, that her chastity is what gave her her power. Because bag of dicks, bag of dicks. (laughs) History is bag of dicks. (laughs) Yep, that's true. So... Long story short, sadly, Odie gets assassinated in 267 uh, with his, along with his eldest son and heir. Yeah, we don't really know what happened, but here are the theories. First theory is that Zenobia herself was behind it, because some people thought that she was like, uh, thinking Odie was being too pro-Rome, mm-hmm. you know, being too down with Rome, and she thought, oh, I could, I could do shit better, and had him assassinated. Yeah, and her son would have taken control, so yeah. that's why she did it. Yeah. 
um, the Roman Emperor. So the emperor was this dude named Galenaeus. Right there are now. like a billion emperors in this time, by the oh way. Oh my god! This time in Roman Rome's history is called like the crisis of the third century, and it's like in Zenobia's life alone, there was like twenty emperors or something yeah, like something that. Ridiculous. They kept dying off. But um, so the theory is that um, Galli was like, "Oh, I'm going to have Odi fight off the Persians and then kill him." Like, he's going to do my job. He's going to do my dirty work for me, and then I'm going to have him off because he's too powerful. Um, the most likely theory that most people believe is that it's one of Odie's cousins who thought that if he killed off Odie and Odie's heir, then he would become emperor. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do know that that guy was executed shortly after Odie's death. Oh. But, like, there's no official record, like, Oh, he definitely did it, and he was killed because of this. We just so what? Do you, which one of those do you think? I think the cousin. Okay, because I, I mean, he was executed. A few, but I mean, but maybe Zenobia did it and then framed the cousin. You know, see, like the cousin theory to me is obviously the most widely accepted one. But for me, it's just too fishy that all of a sudden, not only does her husband die, but the older son and the older son's kid. Because the older son had a kid as well. Oh, I didn't read that. And the older son's kid also died. So it was like, oh, how convenient. All the men that would have taken power are gone out of the picture. Sidebar conversation real quick. Um, If y'all keep hearing dogs barking, we apologize. We're going to try the hardest to cut it out. Yeah, try to edit out that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) They're being really noisy today. Nathan's dogs are... They got they got some ghosts they're seeing downstairs or something. <laughs> some crazy shit. Anyway, so you think? I think it's very possible that she could have killed. Maybe all three of them. All, th- all three of them. No, or but had... like maybe all three: Zenobia, the emperor, and the cousin. Maybe Zenobia and the emperor got together, used the cousin as a patsy, a scapegoat. Yeah. Clever, clever, yeah. clever. Either I like way, the way our brains are working. Anyway, <laughs> Zenobia's son is way too young to rule at this time. She becomes regent. Doesn't this sound familiar? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Olga of Kiev did it. Um, Catherine de Medici did it. Who Empress else? Wu. Empress Wu. Empress uh, Wu. Isabella France. Is, yeah, we've done a lot of uh, um, the that, majority of our women. <laughs> yeah, that's just how you got. In power back then, unless you were Cleopatra and you were just like, fuck it. I'm fucking Cleopatra. Tell me what to do. Um, but it was a surprisingly smooth transition for rulership. For somebody Val to and Zenobia were accepted pretty much right away with no real fight to it. You know, like people were just like, yeah, okay, this makes sense. Yeah, and I read that she enlisted uh, one of the lead generals from her husband's reign mm-hmm. and kind of used him to... Like and her he, hype man? Yeah, and he was all about supporting her. He thought she was a great leader. I and, can't remember that guy's name, but they were, like, tight. Yeah, they, they were, were super buddies. tight. And so, obviously, that was a huge benefit to her because he's, like, the lead general. And yeah. so all the armies of Palmyra follow behind her. Yeah. So now she's got it made. She, like she's like okay Palmyra is this hub of culture and I want it to flourish mm-hmm. so she invites in philosophers scholars like from all over the world from the west from the east from the north like come here I want to learn theories from everywhere which is so smart because how are you going to rule like a melting pot city like that mm-hmm. if you don't know if you don't know your people. Yeah, you need to know them and what makes them tick in order for you to lead properly. And she's still, like, acting really pro-Rome at, at this At this time. time, they would have coins minted, and the tradition was, um, it was the same with Boudicca, where the emperor would be on one side, like the Roman emperor, 
and then the local king would be on one side. So Val and the Roman emperor were like on either side this of the totally, coins of Palmyra. This totally reminds me of our Cleopatra episode whenever yeah. Cleopatra had it minted mm-hmm. with her on one side and Mark Antony on mm-hmm. the other. And yeah, so Rome, there, like we mentioned, there's this thing called the crisis of the third century. And we're really smack dab in the middle of it here. Rome is still Rome, but it's not as mighty as it used to be. The aforementioned Persians are just, like, really causing some shit. Yeah, I read that there was, like, this specific group of people, and I just like the name of it, because I feel like if I could go back in time, that would be my name, the Sassanians. Ooh. Yeah, they they were just... The Sassanians. Yeah, they were super sassy. Mm. And they did not want anything to do with the emperors. And there were so many, like, stories of emperors being taken hostage. Um, and this is the Sassanians who did the Roman emperor and used him as a footstool. Y'all. His name went for the rest of his fucking life. For, y'all, for real, there was a Roman fucking emperor... That the Persians, the sassy ones, is that what you call them? I'm going to call them the sassy ones. The sassies. They took this Roman emperor hostage, and for the rest of his life, the sassy ones leader would use the Roman emperor as a step stool to get on his horse. Okay, I know I don't want to do this, but we do it in almost every single episode. I'm going to do a Game of Thrones reference. Okay. So We've already done it once in this episode. I know, we're going to keep doing it. Um, The emperor's name was Valerian. Shut up! And the the Roman one, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's a rumor of how he died, and it was they poured gold down his throat. Oh, shut up! Just like the brother, I do Danny's remember reading a, that. Danny's older brother, man, George R. R. Martin. Hey, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the show. <laughs> oh, that's the biggest joke ever. I'm gonna send it to him. <laughs> I'm gonna email George R. R. Martin at gmail.com. Please come on our show. Um, Yeah, so Persia's starting shit for Rome. They're all just fucking rebelling. Gaul in the West, which I believe is like modern day, like France and Germany, Mm -hmm. is starting shit. So he's got shit on the West side and the East side. And the emperors keep getting assassinated either by each other or by enemies. Yeah, and Zenobia's lifetime alone, which she didn't live recordedly that long. No. There were ten different emperors. There was oh, also- and there's, yeah, there's hella plague. Hella plague. And they're broke. And they're <laughs> super broke because they were just, they, they've gone too big, mm-hmm. too much. They can't handle it all. And so Zenobia's just like sitting here going, damn, Rome is just like collapsing around me, so I'm going to take advantage of that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Palmyra's military really was not to be fucked with. No. And Zenobia knew that. She knew that she had the mightiest forces. And so remember, she's like super obsessed with Cleopatra. So she goes, hey, here's a really cool idea. Let's take fucking Egypt. Alexandra was a huge deal for Rome. Like we talked about in like the Ola Kiev episode. It was still then like they would come to get tribute. Well, they would always get tribute from Rome as or um, from Alexandra grain because they were such a huge, you know, the Nile River would come in and flood it and then like the grain would just just be crazy the next year. So that was, grain was money, grain was power. Oh yeah. And so that Zenobia just was like, I'm going to take Alexandria and did, did it like that. It Mm. was just sort of like, Rome just went, big fucking deal. Big You can't tell, I'm looking from left to right, going, confused. (laughs) As my confused noise. Yeah, and she was like, I see your Egypt there. It would be a shame if someone conquered it. Because <laughs> she did. Yeah, so she sends her armies in in 269. 
Uh, the official reason was because there was just a little bit of an uprising. She, she was did- like, I got to squash this uprising for you guys. You're welcome, Rome. But the theory is that she had actually sent the guy that started the uprising in so she would have a reason to go in. I mean, it totally makes sense. She's like super obsessed with Cleopatra. Mm-hmm. Wants to be her. Mm-hmm. Loves her. Mm-hmm. So she wants to fucking have Egypt because she feels like it's hers. And also, I mean, if Rome's not doing shit for Egypt and she thinks she can do a better job and she doesn't think they're going to stop her. By the way, what have you done for me lately? I'm taking uh, Egypt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Egypt was like, they they were, they were kind of fine with it. Rome was so super preoccupied. And it wasn't rebellion. And Zenobia it, it, wasn't saying, I'm taking Egypt for Palmyra. You know, she wasn't outwardly rebelling. No. So they were just like... And, and to me, like, Egypt's already, like, that melting pot yeah. type of area that Alexandra's always been that way. Yeah. And this is whenever she minted the coins of herself on one side with the Roman emperor mm-hmm. on the other side. Mm-hmm. So another yeah. big question is, like, why did the people in that area support her? Because, again, the Persians were trying to take everyone and everything, and Palmyra had the strongest military and they're offering that protection to Egypt. What are, what are they going to say no? Yeah, and these like Persians and the Sassanians. The Sassanians. <laughs> the sassy they're, ones. They're a big fucking threat at this time mm-hmm. and they're getting more and more powerful and more and more noxious and it's obvious to everybody around them that Rome can't hold down this territory anymore. They can't defend the east. She also, interestingly enough, started um, some restoration projects and uh-huh. Rome wasn't doing that because they were fucking broke restoring old artifacts was the last thing on their mind they were so yeah. broke the fact that she was coming in offering them protection and also helping them with their heritage yeah like why would they I would cool want to that. support somebody yeah like that. it said that she would march with the foot soldiers there just like she did in Palmyra and like tried to get to know these people she seems relatable she wanted to make herself she's not just like this powerful person a thousand miles away she is there and she cares and that's especially meaningful at this time especially with rome because they're falling apart yeah (laughs) z is sitting pretty in palmyra and she was like wow that uh i take an egypt shit that was pretty easy yeah (laughs) she just she sent her forces in and pretty much just took the rest of what we call modern-day Syria now. Yeah, she was just <laughs> like, like, no, 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 we're just helping Rome. Again, yeah, she's <laughs> like, no, it's, again, no, 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 don't be so weird. We're just helping you guys. <laughs> Stop being so weird, bro. And then the current Roman emperor, like the one that was um, emperor at that time, like, kills himself. One of the ten. Maybe. <laughs> he maybe killed himself. The or official cause of death for him is suicide, but, you know, also maybe somebody stabbed him. We don't did, know. Did they have coroners back then that actually, no, they didn't. Coroners? No. Yeah. No, there were no autopsies. <laughs> but I know if I could be wrong. Um, and remember, all the emperors kept his, dying. Yeah, what? They, killing themselves, getting killed, yeah. people stabbing them. And so the new guy that comes in is named Aurelian, and he is just a different breed, and he's just really not here for the shit that Zenobia is pulling. She's like, he's like, I got my fucking eye on you. Yeah, and she's like, yeah, maybe I should break away from this shit. So yeah. she realizes this guy isn't going to be fooled as easily as the other ones. And so, so she's like, you know what? We aren't Roman anymore. We are the Palmyrene Empire. So My son is now on Augustus. It. Yeah, which Augustus meant emperor, basically. Yeah, so she's making him the emperor. And, oh, yeah, we want Asia Minor. 
Which is now the region that we call Turkey. So now she's ruling like a big chunk of the empire to the east. And um, this Aurelian guy is like, nah. I mean, mm-hmm. if you look at the map of the lands that she ruled at this time. Yeah. It's fucking huge. It's a big chunk Not of their eastern that, empire. But yeah. it's a woman running yeah. it in the third century. Like, this is something that's like. So Un- what? Unheard of. Well, again, I mean, the Roman Emperor hadn't, Empire hadn't had to deal with this since kind of like Cleopatra. So they were like, this is just all feeling a little bit too familiar at this point. I'm Helena Bonham Carter. And for BBC Radio 4, this is History's Secret Heroes, a new series of rarely heard tales from World War II. They had no idea that she was Britain's top female codebreaker. We'll hear of daring risk takers. What she was offering to do was to ski in over the high Carpathian mountains. Of course it was dangerous, but uh, danger was his friend. Subscribe to History's Secret Heroes wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Um, though something I do want to talk about is about how tolerant she was of other religions. Like, um... She's rolling into Egypt, and they've all got their own religions. And she's not at all being like, you need to not worship the sun god or whatever. Yeah. She's like, cool, sun god, let's restore some... Some some sun up in this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And then, like, the Christians, you know, were like... Because she was now ruling Antioch, which was, like, a huge Christian hub. Mm-hmm. And she was like, cool, absolutely. Yeah, the Jewish um, people get to keep their synagogue. Which is really noteworthy because, like, um, I don't know, even know this is about history. Jews got persecuted a lot. And, um, <laughs> Go figure. But she they was did. just like... Yeah, synagogue looks totally kosher, buddy. Keep it. Like, let's go. <sighs> I mean, she could have been like, okay, you all need to be my re- my religion now because I'm ruling your asses now. She was the Oprah of religion. She, You get a religion. You get Christianity. You get Judaism. Everybody gets their own thing. So that's really fucking smart on her behalf. Yeah, because it's not turning people against you. Yeah, yeah, Rome had been so oppressive for so long, and she's doing the exact opposite. Yeah. I mean, like, you can keep your culture, keep your identity, your religions. I'm not making you change anything. So make the people not fucking hate you. Yeah. I mean, that's not a, that's not a hard concept as a leader. Yeah. <laughs> It's about not being, um, everybody needs to be my religion. That's like this megalomaniac thing. Yeah. And while I'm not saying that she wasn't a bit of a megalomaniac, she definitely was. Not to that extent. Yeah, not to force her opinions yeah. on other people. Um, so, a little backstory. Aure- Aurelian is actually a really interesting guy. And I wish I would have had time to do a deeper dive on him. But a little backstory about him. He wasn't born into, like, an affluent family. No, he started from the bottom, now he's here. Started from the bottom, now he's here. He took down, like, attackers from the West. Like, it was no fucking big deal. 
and worked his way up through the ranks to be um, like a general and worked his way up to being in being the fucking emperor. Like, it's not like it was handed to him. He was he was a reasonable guy and he worked hard is what I'm getting at. He wasn't Nero or something like that. Yeah, you know? he wasn't an author- authoritarian yeah. type of guy. Well, like, so he sees what Zenobia is doing and he's like... All right, this has to stop. Yeah, we need to head east. <laughs> the usual way would be to send an envoy in and um, write a letter that's like, Dearest Zenobia, please supply a reasonable explanation for all this shit you've been doing. Okay, why'd you take our shit? And he did not do that. Um, <laughs> he went a whole nother route, which was just march his troops into Palmyra without any... That's uh, a, I mean, honestly, if he would have given her some sort of heads up, she may have prepared she may have been. Oh, I don't think ready she was. I don't. I think she was ready for him. I mean, when you're fighting Rome, you kind of got to be ready. Touche, touche. But so he marches through Asia Minor, aka Turkey, and he is like destroying towns. Yeah, like kill them all, and the Lord will sort so, them all out. Yeah, like left, right, women, children, and then he gets to this one town where his like favorite philosopher ever is from. And he has a dream that night where that philosopher visits him in his dream. And it's like, hey, buddy, maybe you, like, quit with all the all the child murder. So he actually fucking quit so killing did. everybody. So I honestly think he just had a conscience yeah. and he wasn't a brutal guy. But that wasn't how you made um, troops follow you at this time in yeah, this region always, of the world. I mean, we've talked about this in previous episodes of... Um, they have dreams. It's a yeah. very common thing for them to be like, I had a dream and there was a and lightning think- bolt that came to my belly and I had a baby. Oh, yeah. That was Alexander the Great's mom. Yeah. Olympias. Olympias. Um, and so it's like, that is a way to woo your supporters into being like, oh, my God. Oh, he. They speak he, to him from the dead. Yeah, yeah. Well, they speak to God or they, you yeah. know, it's like a, a spiritual. But thing. I think, I honestly think he just had a conscience and he didn't want yeah. to kill all these people anymore. And so that's. How he made his troops. Because also, that was also, you know, like, the spoils of war. That was part of the way you paid your troops, is yeah. you go in and you rape their women and steal all their shit, and you're welcome. That, that, Thank that you for being a soldier. That was typical, even for so, centuries after. Yeah, and so, for him to be like, this mystical power told me not to do it, and, you know, whatever worked for him, I guess. <laughs> See, he was special. Yeah. So, according to the Historia Augusta, Aurelian wrote to Zenobia after that, and was like, you're beaten. If you surrender to me now, I will be merciful. Just come to me with your son and bring me all your gold and I won't kill you. Yeah, she'd become like a warden of Rome and they'd place her and her son in a good Roman home and everything would be great and fabulous. Yes. And supposedly, Zenobia, Zenobia wrote back, um, you, do, you demand my surrender as though you were not aware that Cleopatra preferred to die a queen rather than than to remain alive, however high her rank. Work, bitch! That is some big talk. I love it. Uh, I I love it, too, but, ooh, can you walk the walk? I would rather die a queen. Yeah. Just like, I'd (laughs) rather die a queen. Imagine him reading this and just rolling his eyes and just be like, did this bitch just compare herself to Clea fucking Patra? Yes, she did. Yes, she did. <laughs> she So right now, she is officially at war with Rome. Officially, officially. And obviously, if you're at war with Rome, it's never a good idea. Did you just see me? I try, I went to pick up my microphone like it was my she glass of wine. She tried to drink her microphone. Because <laughs> my wine glass is sitting right next to my microphone. And anyway, so she's at war. <laughs> so, so Palmyra and Rome first butted heads at the Battle of Emei. 
in 272, which took place near Antioch, which we said was Turkey. Mm-hmm. So, long story short, bitches are fighting. <laughs> long story short. <laughs> and Zenobia's forces retreat. I read that in this one, this battle, the Roman guy just kind of let them sit out there in the desert in the hot day in their armor. Just let them in their armor so that they just, like, got exhausted. So that's how he got I mean, it. that's I smart. Don't, it's it, smart. Well, yeah, Rome was real good at war. Like, yeah, we learned that in the... Um, and the Boudicca episode, too, the, how they outsmarted them. But Even yeah, in like, the Cleopatra episode, too. Yeah, it's like they were really good at using those people's own resources against them. So, like, they knew, oh, you're in the desert. It gets really fucking hot. And so they pretended like they were retreating. And so the people just baked out there in their armor. Yep. And then they attacked while they were all tired and baked or whatever. Not that kind of baked, Nathan. Ah, damn it. So... Uh, long story short, Rome won. Yeah. <laughs> A was like, no, 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 I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let you guys rape and pillage Antioch. Well, now, because he wants to win these people back. Because these people have turned on him. And he wants to win them back. And if you let your soldiers rape and pillage them, they're gonna resent you. And that's what causes more uprisings in the future. That's a very clever leadership. But if you do. are kind to them and just say, look, we want you back to Rome, and they just go, okay, then just let them come back to Rome and don't, you know. And that's kind of what happened to That Zenobia is exactly here. what they're happened. They're like, well, okay, we'll go back. So round two. Bummer for Z. She flees back to Syria to regroup everybody and get everything together in a city called Emesa. Um, this is also where her treasury was. So this is, it, it wasn't just like, oh, this is where I landed. Like, this was a very calculated move. Like, here's all my money. So this is where our last fight's going to be. If I need to flee, I can take all my money with me. Yeah. And you know? Aurelian is like Stalker McStalkerson. So Stalker McStalkerson. Right behind her, waiting for her the entire fucking time. So obviously they meet in another battle. Mm-hmm. And those fucking Romans are so goddamn sneaky yet again. And they pretend to retreat again. <laughs> and, but then they surrounded the Pomeranian forces and just, they were slaughtered. Yeah. They were fucking slaughtered, dude. They were like, oh, we're going to retreat. Oh, but no, we're not. That's psych. A psych. <laughs> Did I just um, literally do something from like middle school? Psych. Psych. <laughs> and then you like shanked the air. Um, yeah, I did shank the air. But, so she escapes with all her money. She took the money, Z honey. on the run. <laughs> Z on the run. So she runs back home. Yeah. She runs to Palmyra and, and prepares to defend the city. It's her last, like, stronghold. Yes. Um, I mean, she... Uh, it's so sad. Um, I think she was holding out for Persia to come help her. Like, she sent an envoy to Persia and was like, you hate Rome, I hate Rome, enemy of my enemy is my friend, come help me. Uh, and they were like, bitch, you've been defeating us left and right for the last, like, 20 years now. Yeah, and they never just that shit on the They never came. Nope. And so she grabs her son, she grabs her money, and um, her and Val jump on a camel. Take that money, honey, and get how, a camel toe ride f- back up to... How fast do camels go? No, well, I guess I they mean, wouldn't. Did, no. Would they have really had horses in in ancient Syria? I mean, if you are running with a camel, I bet a, a camel could could mm. run pretty fast. Well, Probably. Well, I'm I trying, don't know. I'm trying to Google it, but <laughs> <laughs> they they were caught. 
Not fast enough, apparently. They were caught, and this is the last moment of Zenobia's life where we can definitely place her. They were caught um, trying to cross the river into Persia. So there's a lot of different uh, theories on what happened. So I read one on mine where they're like, oh... You know how they extended the offer to her earlier, but like, oh, if you just marry some rich Roman guy, we'll call it quits. Yay. Yeah. And that was one theory. I, she would not have fucking done that. I don't know. I don't know. So um, the done thing to do, the thing that you usually did is um, when you caught, when the Rome caught like an enemy of the state, they would take them back to Rome, march them through the streets in gold chains, or if they were royalty, um, that's what said said happened to her. Marched the streets with gold chains, and then went to trial. Um, so theory one is that Zenobia knew this was going to be her fake. I mean, that's what happened to Cleopatra's children. Mm-hmm. Is what Cleopatra did to her own sister. Like it was a very done thing. So one theory is that before they got to Rome, she starved herself or killed herself in some way. Very on brand. Very on brand for (laughs) Zenobia. But it's one thing to say you're going to kill yourself so you blew in the face, but it's another thing to actually do it. And also, like, she would have been guarded. Like, when would she have had the chance or been able to, you know? Yeah, touche. Another, so, like, the theory, if she would have been a man, she would have gotten to Rome, they would have marched her through the streets. And I, I think she would have been killed. Yeah, but because she was a woman, I think that they didn't want to march her down the streets because the emperor didn't want to be like, yo, I lost all this land exactly. to a woman. Exactly. So, they so didn't want it was kind of hush-hush. He didn't want to draw attention to the, um, what's the word I'm looking for, like all the hype that was already, the legend uh, that was already behind her. Yeah, it would it would only further humiliate. And he him. didn't want to put her on trial because it would have been it would have made what, him look weak. It would have been whatever the third century equivalent of the media circus is. You know, yeah, it would have been true. absolute. And um, and I mean, all all the senators there in Rome were like, "You lost all this shit to a woman," and he had to be like, "You don't get it." She's <laughs> fucking amazing and, and Zen- powerful. It's also sadly, it's very possible that Zenobia. Um, Routed, ratted out a bunch of her advisors and said, what, me? I'm a little old woman. These men told me to do this. Because a few of her advisors um, and a couple of philosophers from her court were executed by Rome. Oh, it's very possible. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a little sketch, sketch that she did, but hey, you're saving your own life. Yeah. I can't, I can't, I don't, I don't know what I would Possibly do the life of her son, though, Rome being Rome, her son was probably executed yeah. at some point. So the most widely accepted theory is that she was brought to trial to Rome. Put on trial, and she may or may not have been paraded through the streets. She was put on trial, and then eventually... And quietly acquitted. acquitted. Like, shh. And then, um either given a house or, like, forced to marry a Roman man. I think she would have done it if it was going to save her skin and if he was powerful. It gave her some influence, and that's something that she would have done. Like, and I, don't, I, I don't doubt it. And I like to think that, because there's some theories that this Roman man that she married and had children with went on to be in the um, powerful influencers in Rome down the line. It makes sense because she's a genius, so she would so, have baby geniuses all around yeah. her. So <laughs> that is Zenobia. What happened to Aurelian, um, he's remembered as a very capable emperor who showed mercy when he could. He had a, definitely had a hand in like... Postponing. S- slowing it down. <laughs> the fall of Rome. Yeah, but, it still um, fell. Spoiler as, alert. 
As was per usual, he was assassinated by other high-ranking Roman rulers. Um, he only ruled for five years. Well, that's a that's a long time for this area. Yes, that is a long time for like, this, this era. For this sure. is like I read some things where it was like, oh, this emperor lasted two weeks. Like yeah. it was something where it was like, yes, oh. it was ridiculous. Um, so Z's legacy. Um, she didn't reign for a very long time, and so much of her life is left to speculation. But she's she must have been a badass lady. Yeah, for... and she's got like all these references to like Cleopatra, obviously. Boudicca. Hello. Like people put her in the same category. Um, supposedly Catherine the Great liked to compare herself to Zenobia. Well, what an honor, Zenobia. I know. She's still viewed as a national symbol. She's on money in Syria still. Nice. Yeah. And um, I think she'd be pretty excited to learn that. I know. Um, Get that money, honey. Sadly, the ruins that um, depicted her, like, there were still... um, Palmyra was still alive and well back until 2015. Whenever ISIS... This is, like, three years ago. Blew up all the ruins. That makes me so sad. I didn't get a a chance to do a deep dive into why. Also, I I didn't want a whole lot of ISIS searches on my computer. I wouldn't either. But I did look at it, and what I read was is that... um, obviously they took the city and the way that they view it is that it's idolatry it's uh you're worshiping an idol when you worship these old ruins because it's not real anymore but i've also read that um isis uses her as like a figurehead of the east fighting the west that's the other thing is that they show oh look what happens but you you don't want you don't want a woman to be in power because this is what happens. Your city gets ruined. Oh, I thought they ruined. I thought they did. Um, I had read just in one source that they did um, look at it like, um, look what can happen when the East stands up and fights the West. You become a legend. Oh. Yeah, because we're evil because we're in the West. Oh. Yeah. And see, I read that, that one of the reasons they destroyed it was because she's a she's woman. A woman. Hmm. And they don't believe in that. Well, you know what? I, I don't understand anything ISIS does. And I'm, I'm glad I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I don't. But Zenobia was a badass bitch. She handled her shit. And she has gone down in history for being a badass bitch. So to her, we raise a glass. To our warrior queen. To our warrior queen. So thanks for listening. If there's something you want to hear, just like hit us up. You can email us at queenshistorypodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter. We're at queens underscore podcast. We're on SoundCloud and Stitcher. And follow us on iTunes at Queens Podcast. All one word. All smushed up. Queens Podcast. Um, follow us on Facebook. Our intro music is by Kay Sparks featuring Beyond Belief. Thanks for letting us use your song, guys. Thanks, guys, for listening. Cheers. Bye, girl. Clink, clink. <laughs> Hello, everyone. It's here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be.